Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for the simple truth of this song. Lord, and how the train is bound for glory. Oh, we praise you for that. And now, Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts now as we look into your word in Jesus' name. Amen. If you turn in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, we're going to look at a passage here and say the title of this message is really three words, Lord, help me. Matthew 15, verse 21, these verses here, 15, 21 through 28, please follow along. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very, very hour. You know, we're going to study this passage here this morning, and it really represents a change in focus in our, in our Bible study, which the, the Bible largely deals with the Jewish people. And what we're going to look at this morning is a Gentile believer, a very important Gentile believer who represents for us the essence of Gentile believers. This is so important. We could call this week Gentile Believers Week. Whenever you ever been heard of that before, Gentiles Believers Week. But this, this description of this woman here, it sets our theme for us. It sets the theme for us because first of all, how she is, she is presented to us in, in verse 21 is we are presented with a woman of uh, a woman of Canaan came out. That's how she's described. A woman of Canaan came out. Really, there's a double meaning in, in how that description is. On the surface, yes, she was a woman of Canaan. She came out from her location where she was to encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. But she really was a woman who came out to the Lord Jesus Christ from, from, from her Gentile world, a world that we're going to see. So calling her a woman of Canaan who came out 
describes for us the greatness of Gentile believers in the Bible. They came out of their Gentile world to the world of the God of Israel. They came out of their sins to the cleansing of the God of Israel. Their coming out was not easy, as we see in this woman, as they had to fight their way to the Lord Jesus Christ. She really represents to us a, a, a person with a battle of the soul. There was a battle of her soul. She had to fight her way to the Lord Jesus Christ. And for that, she is an illustration of really any soul that comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Only for her, her battle, being a Gentile, was all the more intense. The Bible is a Jewish book. Let's face it. The Bible is a Jewish book. Every page is written by Jews. Oh, I know. Some people say that Luke was not Jewish because he didn't have a Jewish name, and he was involved in a profession that you never find Jews in as a doctor. <laughs> but the, every page... But, but Thomas is also not a Jewish name. And, 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 and every page, and Moses is not a Jewish name either, by the way. But anyway, every page of the Bible was written by, by, by Jewish people because that's what God said. In Romans 3.1, he said, Romans 3.1 says, what advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there in, in, in circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God, were committed the Bible. The Bible is a history about the Jewish people. The Bible identifies the Jewish people as God's people. But yet there are clear pictures in the, in, 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 uh, of the place of Gentile believers as part of God's people. God showed clearly in the Old Testament how the Gentiles would come to the Lord Jesus Christ. There are only four women on the whole lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only four women are called out in that lineage, and they are all Gentiles. The Lord, and, and there is Tamar, she was a Canaanite uh, who, who, who had Pharaohs uh, with her father-in-law Judah. That was a scandal. There was Rahab, the Canaanite, who was Solomon, had Boaz, and she was a harlot. That was a scandal. There was Ruth, who was of Boaz? She was sorry. She was a Moab. Moab. She was. She was. She was a Moabitess. And who with Boaz had Obed? She was. She was from. She was from Moab. And God said a person from Moab would never enter into the congregation of the Lord. That was a scandal. There was Bathsheba, who with David had Solomon. Bathsheba was a Hittite. She was raped. Her her husband was murdered. That was a scandal. But they all came as individuals to trust God. And they were best described by what it was said about Ruth in Ruth 2.12 when it says, A full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. That's a description of the Gentile believers. Gentile believers are like Ruth. They fought their way to be under the wings of the God of Israel to trust in him. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ became the light of the world, which means that he became the light of the Gentiles. And it's interesting to see how that happened. It's interesting to trace back of how that actually occurred, that he became the light of the Gentiles, the light of the world, the light of the Gentiles. First, as is seen in our passage here, the Lord Jesus Christ was sent personally by God the Father for one purpose— to bring back the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
And he spoke about that commission in our passage in verse 24 when he said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That was his exclusive uh, mission to bring back Israel to God. That was a very real personal responsibility for him. He came with a burning desire to please God the Father and bring the Jewish people back to God. So when we read in John 11, John 11, he came unto his own. That's a statement that we should understand that he came to the Jewish people with his whole being to bring them back to God. He planned how he would bring them back to God. He spoke to them with very carefully selected words with the intent of bringing them back to God. He really wanted to bring them back to God. And he tried all that he could to bring them back to God. But he did not override their wills. In the end, he he stepped back and let it be each person's decision of whether they would come to God or not. In the end, the the reality is, the truth is, he faced an utter failure. And an utter failure, which is reflected, which is described in the second half of that verse of John 1.11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He came to them as their Messiah. He came to them as their shepherd. He came to them as their savior. He came to them as their king. And he tried so hard to have them receive him as their Messiah, shepherd, savior, king, who was going to bring them back to God. But they rejected him as their Messiah sent by God the Father to bring him back to God. And they said, we don't believe that he's the Messiah, and we choose to wait for our Messiah. They rejected him as their shepherd who would lead them back to God. They would lead them back to God through repentance, and they said, they, they, and they said, we are, we are already with God. We don't need anyone to lead us back to God. We don't need an intermediary. We go directly to God. He came to them as their shepherd. He re, they rejected him as their shepherd, and they said, we don't need a savior because we go directly to God. They, they rejected him as their king who would rule over him, and they said, very, very, very plainly, we will not have this man to rule over us. That's really what's meant in John 1.11 when it says, he came unto his own and his own received him not. He did everything perfectly. There was nothing wrong that what he did. It was perfect. The seed was good. It was the word of God. He came unto his own. Their decision was his own received him not. They did not receive him as their Messiah, their shepherd, their savior, and their king. So he failed. And he took his failure very personally and very hard. He acutely felt the personal failure deep down in his soul. And he spoke about how he took this failure to bring Israel back in Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah chapter 49 is an amazing chapter, an amazing passage in the Bible, in the Old Testament. But in verse 4 was where he spoke about the feeling of having failed to bring Israel back when he said in Isaiah 49.4, Isaiah 49.4, Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught. He called his work 
to bring Israel back to God, a labor in vain. He felt like he had just worked for the wind. He felt like he had nothing to show for it. He called all his strength, all his effort that he put uh, into trying to bring Israel back to God. He said, I spent my strength for naught. And anyone who's worked in trying to bring the Jewish people back to God has experienced those same feelings as the Lord is expressing here in Isaiah 49.4. Anyone as, as working so hard and having no results to show. So as expending all the strength for nothing. And God the Father saw the discouragement of God the Son. He saw the discouragement of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he spoke to the Lord Jesus Christ about this. He encouraged him in, in the next verse in Isaiah 49.5. In Isaiah 49.5 where we read, And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. So the Lord Jesus Christ said that God the Father formed him in the womb of Mary, in Mary's womb, to be his servant that would bring Jacob or the Jewish people back to God. And as I said, he was so focused on bringing the Jewish people back to God that he said that he was, that he was formed in the womb to accomplish this goal. That's what made it so hard for him. That's what made it so hard for him when he failed to bring the Jewish people back to God because he was formed to do this work. Then God the Father stepped into his discouragement and, God, and the Lord Jesus said what God the Father did. And he said in the next verse in Isaiah 49.6, Isaiah 49.6, and he said, it's a light thing that thou shouldst be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the world. So the Lord Jesus tells us that God the Father said to him in Isaiah 49, 6, it was just a light thing. It was a little thing for him to be a servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. And God the Father said, to bring the Jewish people back to God, light thing, little thing. I'm going to give you an even greater job of being a light to the Gentiles. I'm going to give you an even more glorious title uh, than being the restorer of Israel. You're going to be my salvation unto the end of the earth. And that's what makes this chapter in, in, in Isaiah 41 so pivotal, so pivotal, 49, so pivotal for us to understand the Jews and the Gentiles, or what the Bible calls the natural olive tree and the wild tree in Romans eleven seventeen through 24, Romans eleven seventeen through 24. You just can't understand this, this passage in, in, in Romans 9, 10, 11, especially Romans 11, without understanding what's being said here in Isaiah 49, Isaiah 49. It was because of the rejection of the Jewish people that the Lord Jesus became the light of the Gentiles. It was because of the rejection of the Jewish people that he became God's salvation to the end of the earth. And that's how the gospel, which was for the Jewish people, came to the Gentiles. That's how it came. And with this clearly in sight now, we can understand the great significance of the of this history of this brave Gentile woman who pressed her way through many obstacles, which we're going to see, into the kingdom of God. 
This explains to us the meaning when we read in Romans 11, 11, Romans 11, 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy. And when the Lord Jesus was given to be the light of the Gentiles and God's salvation to the end of the earth, that was the time of great celebration. There was a great celebration. God the Father made a special call for those to come and celebrate. He called on heaven to celebrate. He called on earth to celebrate. He called on the mountains to celebrate. A great celebration that the Lord Jesus was now going to be the Savior of the Gentiles. And that's what we see in verse 13 of Isaiah 49, Isaiah 49, 13, where God calls out, Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, Break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy on the afflicted. So when Israel rejected the Lord Jesus as their Messiah, as their shepherd, as their savior, as their king, all of it, then God the Father turned to believing Gentiles and included them as part of his people. That's where you came in, (laughs) by the way. The Jewish people now see how God has responded to their unbelief. The Jewish people see how God has responded to their unbelief and their rejection and, 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 and how God has now turned to the Gentiles like Paul. This was a very important time in Acts 13. In Acts 13, this was the turning point. In Acts 13, 45, this woman we're reading about is the, is the forefront, forefront, first fruit. She's the beginning, but the, the real turning starts in Acts uh, 13.45. Acts 13.45. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, envy and spake those things against, and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And when Paul and Barnabas were confronted with this aggressive rejection of the Jewish people to the Lord Jesus Christ, they turned to the Gentiles, and God turned to the Gentiles. And when they did turn to the Gentiles, the Gentiles did the opposite of what the Jewish people did. They received the Lord as the the Lord Jesus Christ, as their Messiah, their shepherd, their savior, their king. And that was amazing. And that was an amazing thing for the apostles to see when they came to the conclusion in Acts 14.27. Acts 14.27, and when they were come, they had gathered the church together. They rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. So their conclusion was that God had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And they were seeing that when God opened the door of faith to the Gentiles, that was a fulfillment of Isaiah 49.6, Isaiah 49.6 that we saw. It's a light thing that thou shouldst be my servant to raise up the tribes of Israel and to restore the preserve of, of Jacob and preserve of Israel. I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. They called that phenomena, which it was, of the Gentiles receiving the Lord Jesus as their Savior and Shepherd and King, they called that phenomena in Acts 14.27, God opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. But God called that phenomena of believing Gentiles, I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. So it was a wonderful phenomena where we saw that God, as I said, he calls, he calls for a great celebration. And everybody is happy 
The mountains, the heavens, the earth, everybody is rejoicing except for Israel. (laughs) Israel was not happy. Israel was not happy about the Gentiles coming to God. Why? Israel saw that the Gentiles had the peace of God. They saw that they were the subjects now of the love of God, that they had the assurance of the friendship with God, that they were going, that they knew that they were going to heaven. And they also saw they didn't. And that made Israel really sad and depressed. And Israel spoke about how they felt in the next verse of Isaiah 49, 14. Isaiah 49, 14. Isaiah 49, 14. But Zion said, the Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. So when the Jewish people saw that, that God had turned to the Gentiles and how the Gentiles had come to the Lord Jesus Christ with great rejoicing and received him as their God, as their Savior, as their King, then the Jewish people said in Isaiah 49, 14, 49, 14, the Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. The Jewish people said, without God, we're finished. There's no hope for us. Just look at the, the Holocaust. You can see that God is not with us or for us. And they came to, they come to realize that the Gentiles received what they rejected. They're going to heaven while we're left out. Gentiles found what we lost. They're now included as part of God's people. And the Jewish people are sad and they conclude that God has forsaken them and God has forgotten them. And that's when God steps in. Wonderfully. He steps in with the next verse. And, and God steps in and says, no, I have not. And, and that's in Isaiah 49, 15. Isaiah 49, 15. As Israel is concluding, we're forgotten, we've been forsaken, God steps in and says, no, I haven't. And Isaiah 49, 15. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb that they may, for, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee? Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. So here Israel sees all these Gentiles coming to God, coming to the God of Israel and being welcomed by him as part of his people. Israel sinks into a state of depression. They sink into a state of despair. And with the Holocaust, Israel concludes, God has forsaken us. God has finished with us. God has forgotten us. And that's when God steps in and says, I have not. I have not forgotten the Jewish people. If a woman can forget her sucking child on her breast, then I can forget you, Israel. And God says to the downcast of Israel, others may forget you, but I will not forget you, Israel. The Gentile church may forget you, Israel, but I will not forget you. Look, Israel, I have graven you on the palms of my hands, and your walls are continually before me. The truth is that God is expressing that God maintains a broken heart for Israel as he turns to the Gentiles. So this is the full picture here that we have of the time we live in right now. And that's why the scripture calls the time we live in now in Luke 21, 24, Luke 21, 24, they shall fall by the edge of the sword. They shall be led away captive of all nations. Israel shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. We live in the times of the Gentiles. We live in the times described in Romans eleven twenty five. Romans eleven twenty five says, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part is happened to Israel. Thank God it's only in part. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. We live in the time of the fullness of the Gentiles coming in. The fullness of the Gentiles is coming in. And the Gentiles have come to God 
through the Lord Jesus Christ. They are coming to God. They will continue to come to God because darkness has driven them. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program and founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, would like to invite you to celebrate Good Friday on Friday, March 30th at 7 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee. Enjoy an evening of an in-depth Bible teaching from Tom Cantor, followed by a communion service on Good Friday at 7 p.m. Then join Tom in the Friendship with God Fellowship Sunday, April 1st at 5.30 p.m. for a special Easter Passover message. You are also invited to a Passover Seder dinner with Tom Cantor, Saturday, April 7th. The cost of the Passover meal is only $20. Enjoy great DZ Aikens food, fellowship, and a memorable Passover Seder message from Tom Cantor. The Friendship with God Fellowship Church is located inside the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, next to the Highway 67 and the Santee Drive-In. For more information, please call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104. Or go to our website at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.